uh, because traditionally uh, the way that the corn was made fermentable was by chewing on it. Ah, um, and okay. primarily women uh, would chew on the corn uh, while, while working in the fields. And there, was, there turns out there's a good reason why women were better at it. Um, there's more enzymes in women's saliva than men. Oh, okay. Uh, so, uh, so, they, so that's how it would have been made 500 years ago. In the case of pulque, uh, you got a certain amount before you were, if, if you were being sacrificed to the gods, you would get to drink a certain amount of pulque. It was very, very nice, very, uh, very generous of them. Welcome to the Craft Beer Travel and Adventure Podcast with Living a Stout Life. This is where we sit down with creative thinkers, on-the-road adventurers, and craft beer lovers. Your hosts, Ken and April, live, work, and travel in a 24-foot RV in search of inspiring stories around a great beer. Do you remember it wasn't too long ago when we were actually in Mexico and traveling? Whoa, that feels like light years ago. <laughs> so <laughs> It's been so long since anybody could go from here to Mexico, I think. So anyhow, what I was asking that for is... Because, yeah, we can't really travel um, the way we want to currently, um, but you can find ways to travel without really leaving. And I think one of those is to visit different breweries that might remind you of different places. Yeah, you can still pick up on the cultures because, like like on this podcast, you're going to get a nice taste of Latin America and not just now, though, kind of a throwback, too. So you get kind of a travel through time thing almost it's weird because we're going to take you to a brewery it's very unique um and it's called dos luces brewery in denver on like historic south broadway in denver um so not only do you get to go into this really unique place and taste unique beers they're called chicha and pulque but you'll also get to visit um a really cool neighborhood because down like south broadway has become a pretty cool spot happening spot yeah, there's a lot going on down in that area in general. But, uh, yeah, I think you hit it right on saying unique in Dos Luces. Because, I mean, this truly, this isn't like marketing bullshit unique. This is truly unique because I hadn't even heard of another brewery in the United States making either of these beers. That doesn't mean they didn't. That doesn't mean they didn't because... Chicha and pulque. Chicha and pulque. That doesn't mean nobody made them. I'm just saying I had not heard of that. And then even um, Judd, Judd Bellstock, who owns Dos Luces... Who we're getting ready talked, to talk to. Right. He talked about how Dogfish Head, which that doesn't surprise me at all, yeah. that Dogfish Head has done a, um, a chicha, right? Yes. I think he said a chicha. Yeah. So... That's not... Uh, oh, wait, oh. I have to say, though, what Dogfish Head does with the chicha. Because, and, <laughs> and you'll hear... I'm not going to explain the whole thing, but I love Dogfish Heads. Yeah, because you got to let Judd talk about it. I will let Judd talk about it. But Dogfish Head goes along with their chicha and the way they make it. And it's called... They say spit happens. And when it does, you brew chicha. That's all I'm going to say. I think that's pretty <laughs> cool. That I, pretty, wish, I wish that... I would have thought of that. Like, and when they say spit happens, this is a literal thing they're talking about here. So... That's just a nice little teaser on what happens when chicha happens. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. But but, any, it, it's, but the chicha and pulque, though, too, they're ancient ales. So they come from, like, Latin America, South mm-hmm. America, um, Mexico, all that with, like, the Aztecs. But they're also, because they're made from corn, mm-hmm. basically, so they're naturally gluten-free. So I know that there are a lot of people out there who, like, really love beer 
and can't drink the beer that they love because they're really also sensitive to gluten or just can't have gluten or celiac or whatever it is. But these are naturally gluten-free beers. They're unique. True. They have kind of a natural, kind of a wild, sour kind of taste to them as well. Um, so they're very different than most beers you've ever had. Yeah. I mean, if you're if you're a gluten-free person and looking for, like, a great IPA or a great stout or whatever, this is not your brewery. This is not what you're going to find there. This is something very different. And I, you know, we've talked about this before just between us. And I think it's a good, it's a really cool brewery if you like to try new things and something different. Cause it does fit, like you said, in that almost wild sour fermentation realm. They are not sour beers by any means, no. but sour is a kind of a misnomer in the beer world too. Wild fermentation or mixed fermentation is probably a better kind of descriptor where they're just very different flavors than what we're traditionally used to as far as like a brown ale or an amber or a IPA and or something. The colors too, like some you, of them are just, the colors are just gorgeous. Um, yeah. They also have, they have, I think they actually just won an award for this in 2020 this year for the best um, non-alcoholic beer, uh, non-alcoholic. Right. They Ch- have Chicha Morado. Chicha Morada. Yeah. Chicha Morada. But they're, I and I, I think the reason I was thinking of that in the middle of me talking about the colors is if I remember correctly, I think that was a beautiful colored one. And yes, it's non-alcoholic, but come on, like if you're drinking all these different unique beers, you know, I think, I think this is a good place for one people who like to try new things. And two, if you're, especially if you're like a couple or, or just, uh, I don't know if you go exploring with, a, with friends. a friend or two all the time and you have people in your group who like traditional beer, craft beer, and people who like wine more, this is kind of a cool middle ground because it's not really like we've said, I've said over and over, it's not a traditional beer, but it's not wine either. But there's something kind of in the middle that makes me feel like it could tap the senses of someone who likes either side, like really good craft beer or a really nice wine. You could find this weird common ground in the middle that this kind of fits. But it's, yeah, I mean, that's, that's my perspective, but I think it, and but even more is when you step into Dos Luces, when you, because you step into another world. You step off of Broadway. The concrete? Into, yeah, you're in the concrete jungle. The concrete jungle, basically. And then uh-huh. when you step into Dos Luces, right off South Broadway, it's almost like you're in the jungles of actual Latin America. Um, yeah. The ambiance there is just beautiful. The the dark, like dark and light colored woods that combine together with uh, so many plants. Um, beautiful, beautiful plants that just surround the entire area. So there's not just plants like hanging from the ceiling, but actually coming out of the ceiling, which is kind of a cool thing. But, um, you know, that was a conscious thing that Judd and his business partner did when they started Dos Luces was to create this kind of third space, kind of a different space than just, here's a brewery with a nice industrial look and here's our nice beer. This is a different kind of beer and it's a, from a different kind of culture than we think of for um, our traditional beers. And I think they did a great job creating an ambiance in there that makes you feel like you're somewhere else, that you're not where you are sitting on, sitting in this building on South Broadway in Denver, Colorado. You feel like you're transported into Latin America somehow or something. And just really beautiful artwork and stuff on the walls too so it's just i don't know i like the space it's very calming 
It's not just beautiful artwork. It's artwork that truly represents the space. Mm -hmm. um, but you'll have to go in there and see it for yourself because it represents the Aztecs. Um, I think also the uh, Mayans and the different like gods and the different like suns and moons and things like that. So it's not just this artwork that doesn't fit. Everything in there seems to fit and it, like it transports you. It's almost like a history lesson and cultural kind of lesson all wrapped up into one. Yeah. In your beer. I like it. <laughs> I like it. All right. Well, let's go to Latin America. So we're here at uh, Dos Luces with Judd Bellstock. And Judd, uh, Dos Luces is a different kind of name for most breweries around Denver and stuff. So that kind of stands out in and of itself. So maybe you can give us a little bit of a rundown on the name, but then I know there's even a lot more coming when we get down to the beer side of things. So. Sure thing. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's Dos Luces literally means two lights. Um, and the two lights kind of represent uh, most literally the sun and the moon, which you kind of see on our logo. We've got a, a sun eclipsed by the, uh, partially eclipsed okay. by the moon. Um, and uh, so that, that's where it kind of starts, and then it extends to the products we make as well. Uh, so chicha and pulque. Uh, our chicha, the, the uh, signpost, I, I don't call them brands, I kind of call them signposts. Okay. Uh, uh, the, the name for our chicha, all of our chichas is Inti, which is the Inca god of the sun. And the name for all of our pulques is Metzli, which is the Aztec god of the moon. So that's something very different in the brewing world. I mean, we, we travel a lot, and I've never seen this anywhere in the United States. Is that So to split up your, your beverages like that, is that akin to, say, ale versus lager in the traditional beer sense? Kind of dividing them into two different types of beer? A little bit. Uh, yeah, so it, it, it is in that you kind of think of ale versus lager as ale, more complex, much more going on, mm -hmm. uh, especially on the yeast side. Um, and that's where IPAs live, so that's where your hoppiness come, tends to come in, versus you think of lagers traditionally as the more simple of the two, the more right, clean. Clean uh, style, very yep. limited ingredients. Yep, and that's exact, that's, in, similarly, uh, my chichas tend to be more simple. They're, they're basic corn beers made from malted blue corn, cinnamon, and clove. Um, I use cinnamon and clove to varying degrees the way that most breweries would use hops. Okay. Um, and uh, so our chichas definitely have the more easy to like flavor profile versus the pulques, which um, veer toward the sour end a little bit, though I call them backwards sours. Um, because most sours uh, will hit you with the kind of malty sweetness up front and then sour on the finish. This is exactly the opposite, where it's more sour on the front and sweet on the finish, which I think is really pleasant because it, uh, yeah. it doesn't leave you with that kind of lingering sourness. So now when you, when you kind of say some sourness to it, would you... This is not anything near like the sour trend that we're talking about traditionally, right? That's going on in the craft beer world, right? Where it's a lot of Brett beers and kettle sours and. Um, not quite. This is this is more of a natural process. Um, so uh, pulques would be um, traditionally made by taking maguey sap. Uh, so the maguey plant is a cousin of the agave plant. Um, okay. It's what uh, mezcal is made out of, so right. like mezcal versus tequila. Um, and the, these, these plants, these, they're cactus basically, uh, mature over a period of 15 to 20 years. 
uh, so they become really huge. Um, and then you tap them, similar to a maple tree. Or a really? But, so uh, you're going up to a cactus? Yeah, kind of. It's, it's, <laughs> it's more towards the bottom, and you're, you're there, it's a much more aggressive digging process. Uh, and then the sap, the aguamiel, uh, accumulates overnight in the in the kind of well of the of the plant, and then you come and get it in the morning, let it spontaneously ferment, um, and then that's that's pulque. Um, my pulque is a little bit different because it's a pulque beer, so it's fifty percent malted blue. Fifty percent of the fermentables come from malted blue corn, and fifty percent come from maguey sap, uh, and we don't let it spontaneously ferment because I don't have the same air profile as the jungles of Mexico. Um, <laughs> so we ferment it in, uh, in the stainless steel uh, vessels. Yeah, nice um, Rocky Mountain air. But yeah, Denver, we do. But, <laughs> we do um, but it is, yeah, it would be very different when, yeah. for anybody who's familiar with, I guess you would say almost like a wild fermentation, a spontaneous yeah. fermentation, which is also becoming kind of a, a, a little bit more common thing these days, although yeah. it's still pretty niche. Uh, yeah, and, and we do, uh, so it's not a straight, a spontaneous fermentation, but we do a kettle souring step, okay. uh, where after the first couple batches we found, we accidentally left the lid of the tank open and okay. found that the flavors were so much better when we did that. Really? So, uh... So you do have something in so, here, in yeah. the brewery, <laughs> that's like doing its magic yeah so uh so That's in addition to the natural bacteria that that are in the magaea sap uh we're letting some some natural denver denver nice. uh, elements come That's into it it's kind of a happy accident then right it gives yeah. you another little interesting twist to the story but, yeah because exactly. can you tell tell us a little bit about where these come from i mean absolutely so chicha comes from uh most closely associated with the aztec in peru and that's where there's there's really about 50 different varieties of chicha really? in, okay. in th throughout Latin America, and that's not including the other corn beers uh, like Tesquino, which is very similar uh, from Tesquinos from Mexico, and it's very similar to chicha in how it's made, uh, but uh, not called chicha. So uh, would this be very common if you if you went to that part of the world and like? Depending on which part where where you are, uh, it'll mean something different. Uh, okay. So. Um, the, what we draw most closely from is Peruvian chicha, okay. um, which uh, is uh, there's there's also Bolivian chicha, which would have more of a sour profile. Um, if you went to Chile and mm -hmm. asked for chicha, you it's kind of a generic term for a low alcohol beverage, so, uh, so it could be a, uh, a fruit wine. <laughs> here in the U.S., it's like unheard of. Uh, yeah. Like I I and honestly, before before we found out about you and, and Dos Luces. Hadn't, it hadn't even been on my radar. I hadn't even heard of it, never seen it anywhere. So it's obviously a very rare find in the United States. But in, in that part of the world, even though it might have some different strains, different variants, yep. you would find it a little more commonly, like mm. in food. Or more commonly than in the U.S., for sure. But for sure. it still is, uh, is kind of re-emerging. Um, okay. Uh, it, it's uh, the after the so 500 years ago after the Spanish conquest, they really made an active at the Spanish uh, and then the the uh, German and Austrian immigrants that came in as well uh, w uh, 
made an active effort to suppress these beverages. Um, marketing campaigns saying that they're they're dirty. Uh, they're, they're with pulque specifically. There was a, a, a tagline called that said uh, pulque is poop. Um, they, they, they spread the false rumor that. Uh, that feces were used to uh, to make the uh, fermentation process go faster, uh, which <laughs> absolutely we is not true, and absolutely we would never do here. Yeah, uh, absolutely, yeah. It's <laughs> not like that rare coffee you um, see in the bucket list. But uh, <laughs> and, and then with chicha, uh, they they the 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 way that they they kind of suppressed it was again health reasons uh, because traditionally uh, the way that the corn was made fermentable was by chewing on it ah, um, okay. and primarily women uh, would chew on the corn uh, while while working in the fields and there was there turns out there's a good reason why women were better at it um, there's more enzymes in women's saliva than men oh okay uh, so uh, so they so that's how it would have been made 500 years ago Man. today um, we use malted corn, and in fact, most of the chicha that you're going to find in Peru uses malted yeah, corn. Yeah, that'd be well. hard to get past the health department, and it probably wouldn't be very cost-effective <laughs> these days. Uh, to, I mean, to yeah. have a bunch, hire a bunch of women or, or whoever to come in and chew on the yeah. corn. Well, Dogfish Head does their; uh, they do a chicha every year, yeah. um, and they chew a portion of really? the grain <laughs> bill. Um, I believe they use barley for a portion of the grain bill as well, which okay. uh, is helpful from an enzymatic perspe <laughs> perspective. Um, but uh, yeah, they have a hundred and some employees at Dogfish, yeah. and even so, they can only chew a certain portion <laughs> of the grains. Uh, with my five people, I don't think we could chew 500 pounds of corn. Uh, be busy. Certainly not be busy. in a week. Uh, so then, that's chicha. Yep. Now, what about the pulque? So the pulque, I, I started to talk about um, the where that comes from, the maguey right. sap. Uh, so the maguey plant is uh, is related to agave, um, and it's what's what mezcal is made out of. Um, but as I said, you kind of tap it, some somewhat like a maple tree, right. um, and that uh, that sap then is for, is naturally fermented, uh, and we try to recreate that natural fermentation. Um, by using a, uh, a blend of yeasts that attempt to emulate as best we can what you might find in the jungles of Mexico. Right. Um, yeah, and without going down there and capturing bacteria, yep. <laughs> trying to trying to bring it back well, here. Someday we will, Which, but uh, <laughs> right now, you this heard is, it here first. Yes. It's gonna happen. <laughs> um, so yeah, so the 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 pulque uh, dates back to the Aztec. Um, and some cultures that came before them as well. Um, but uh, both of them traditionally were ceremonial drinks um, reserved for, uh, for priests. Um, in the case of pulque, uh, you got a certain amount before you were, if, if you were being sacrificed to the gods, you would get to drink a certain amount of pulque. It was very, very nice, very, uh, very generous of them. Not a bad way to go, I guess. Um, <laughs> if you're going to be sacrificed. Absolutely. <laughs> get, get a little taste of pulque. So would you um, say it's somewhat akin to, say, wine in the Christian and Catholic religions? Uh, yep, yep. Uh, so, there are definitely some similarities there. Okay. Well, that would make sense. I mean, it seems that most religions around the world have very some threads that weave through all of them that are very similar. Absolutely. So, Would you say one, one variety or the other lends itself to more experimentation or more varieties for you, more differences, or 
Does, is that just whatever you want to do with it? No, I think they both work really well. Um, depending on depending on what I want to do with it, uh, the the chichas tend to lend themselves more to the um, sweeter, fruity flavors, mm-hmm. um, uh, as well as the spicy. The, like n- not spicy uh, as in. Um, not heat, but not heat, but like spices. Right. Um, like the nutmeg, the, the yeah. cinnamon, the clove. Yeah. Different things. Um, the pulque's citrus <laughs> is awesome with them, um, but also uh, the the one of my favorites that we've brewed so far was a, a coffee chocolate pulque, uh, and the coffee with the pulque just adds a, a whole dimension of flavor because. You're combining sweet, sour, bitter, uh, all together in one beverage, and usually you don't get that because with sour beers you can't hop them very much, uh, so there you, you don't get a lot of bitterness. But the coffee can add an element of bitter to it. How did you come to this? How did you, like this is this is very obviously we've talked about already very not the norm in the United States. <laughs> how did, how do you come across these two very ancient, really styles of? fermented beverages uh so i've known about chicha for a very long time um my dad was in the peace corps in peru in the late 60s oh, okay uh so he lived there for a couple of years and um drank chicha while he was there uh and so he told me about it especially when i came into the beer industry 17 years ago now um and kind of kept kept buzzing in my ear about uh telling me about chicha um and then i met my co-founder about 13 years ago 14 years ago now um, and he uh, was a brewer at the time and is now a professor of fermentation science at Cornell. Uh, he knew about chichas and we started talking about alternative fermentations and doing, doing things with different types of grains and then he introduced me to pulque as well. Um, and uh, we managed to track down, uh, I don't remember exactly where he got it, but uh, a, a canned pulque uh, that, that had been imported in the United States. Wow. Uh, it was not very good. Uh, <laughs> we have no way of knowing how old that was. Yeah. And, uh, and further, um, I mean, pulque is, is uh, uh, at, when you get it in Mexico, especially, it's a living thing. Uh, it's usually... Right. Like a lot the, of bottle-conditioned beers yeah, are it's, it's uh, best when it's fresh, and there's live yeast in there. And, then, okay. and in order to can it, unless you want to explode in cans, <laughs> you pasteurize, right. which uh, changes the flavors. Yeah. Um, so the I, I, I'm not surprised it wasn't that good, but uh, but uh, when we got the chance to try fresh pulque, and especially when I started brewing with uh, with real maguey sap, um, which was very hard to find, uh, <laughs> then uh, then the, the the flavors really not exactly came to on life. the grocery store shelf. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so what's the future for you guys with the with these two different uh, fermented fermented beverages here? This corn beer right yep. I mean basically yep. um, what do you what do you see the future for this do you see a lot of experimentation on coming down the road or always um, yeah. so I, I do a weekly brew um, I do a little two and a half gallon batch of something that's that, that I want to try it sometimes becomes something in the big big vessels uh, sometimes it's just uh, is just that something you serve uh, yeah every week every you week just we, do kind of a pilot batch that you yep. say hey this. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that's the joy uh, of like that craft brewery is you get to craft your craft. You got it. And have fun with it. Yeah, yeah there's really yeah. no right or wrong. And especially here, you're, I mean, 
there aren't too many people too many competitors out there that you have to say you're vying with them for space you know so you get to play around and say hey what do you think of this that's, what do you think of that? that's the idea yeah <laughs> so we like to ask people what to you is a stout life what would living a stout life be to you um i think it's all about balance uh about uh, uh to to some extent and i'm not saying anything I would never want to say anything bad about any other brewery, big or small. Um, but I feel like as an industry, we've gone in this direction of more, 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 uh, and more hops, more alcohol. Let's make it as extreme as possible. Um, and I think it's important uh, with your beverages and with your life to kind of maintain a balance and to, to make sure that, uh, that all the flavors come together whether it's 12% alcohol, 5% alcohol, or 2% alcohol, or none. Um, and making sure that everything comes together and, and works, and, and uh, nothing, there's, there's no flavor that, uh, that is overwhelming everything else. Uh, and I think in life, that's, it's the same way. Uh, you, you gotta take work, family, travel, uh, and, and balance it all together to make sure that you're, you're kind of living a complete life. A brilliant metaphor. That is a brilliant <laughs> metaphor, and somehow the whole balance thing doesn't surprise me too much when I stare at the logo yeah. for Dos Luces, yeah. and you take that whole story into account. It obviously fits you for sure, <laughs> and I think it would do well by the rest of us as well. So, with that, I think we should all grab a beverage and do cheers. a little cheers. Sounds good. You want that one? Yeah, this one. Go for it. Well, this I'm is gonna, in tea, right? Yes. This I'm is going, beautiful. I'm going for the cold chocolate. Cheers. cheers. Here's mud in your eye, and here's spit in your beer. <laughs> okay, the mud doesn't count for anything, but the spit in your beer counts, right? And nothing that. <laughs> and April's just shaking her head. She's giving me that look. Oh my gosh. I know, Judge just ended it so beautifully, and then you go back to there's mud in your eye and spit in your beer. It was quite funny, though. Okay. I thought, I just like bringing it back to the, because it's just so interesting that somebody chewed on corn to make beer <laughs> why not think about all the stuff hey, that we do to make beer i don't know well it's like that dude who uh made the first saison right <laughs> stuff lay in there in the bucket and just started fermenting right just in the there, water in the there. bucket on the farm and it just oh that's got like an alcohol smell and stuff I somebody want... decided to taste it ballsy dude <laughs> <laughs> Oh. That one was, okay. Well, actually, okay. So if you can't maybe hop on a plane right now and travel to Latin America or all the places that you want to go, at least you can at least uh, find some culture in all the different places you have, especially in a bigger city or anywhere you go. Um, so just, you know, keep your eyes open, keep your ears open, find new experiences, create some culture, find some culture. Yeah. Try new things. And try to find that. Uh, I like the, I like the way Judd put it in, in his, uh, what is a stout life? And mm -hmm. there's no flavor that should be overwhelming everything else. Yeah, life why is kind should of the same way? Yeah, why should work overwhelm everything? Or why should even like we work travel like what he's talking about work travel life play? We're doing all those things at one time, and it is a juggling act sometimes. But it gets messy sometimes. <laughs> it certainly can for sure, but it's a good point to not let 
even the play. You don't want the play to overwhelm everything else because you need those ba- those balancing things, you know, to, I don't know, make life worth living, I guess. And the but, balance of the flavors and the chicha and pulque. Well, hopefully you guys found that really interesting because I know when when we talked to Judd, I, I was blown away by all the stuff I learned about the those ancient ales and stuff and and trying them was amazing yeah trying them was like it blew my mind how not at all what i expect i expected more beer kind of taste like but traditional beer but this that stop you if you're going right. in there because you expect to taste beer now all of a sudden you're like oh never mind no no you have mm-hmm. to try new things and it's never too late to try new things so maybe actually if you're not a full-on beer drinker this might be your gateway drug well and speaking of trying new things in life then you should listen to that last podcast we did Mm -hmm. because that was all about trying new things in life and trying the things you want to do in life and it's never too late it's a really good one yeah oh and speaking of that subscribe or leave leave a comment a review buy us a beer buy us a beer just shoot us an email say hi share this with your friends please share this with your friends I mean, if you enjoy it, hopefully some of your friends would enjoy it too. So please share the podcast with your friends and say, hey, check them out. Yeah. And if you haven't noticed, actually, we started something new um, on the podcast. It's called Biking Bits. There'll be little bonus clips um, about just places that you can go mountain biking and you don't have to think about it. We'll tell you exactly where to go. And then there'll be definitely a recommended brewery afterwards. But, you know, less than a 10-minute podcast, just a very short biking bits. Yeah, these are little short, sweet, fun things. So check it out if you're liking the biking stuff. So Yeah. Yeah. Probably end up doing some beer bits, too. Keep your eyes open. More podcast, more podcast. (laughs) All right, well, cheers. flavor that overwhelms everything. So we got all the flavors going on right now. They're going to keep us balanced. Well. Cheers. Cheers to that. We'd love to hear from you, so keep the conversation going. Send us a note, share a beer recommendation or two, or just say hey.